Welcome to the Health Bites Podcast. This podcast features expert speakers presenting on topics of interest to all of our listeners, from librarians, public health practitioners, educators, and clinicians. Health Bites is supported by the National Institutes of Health, the National Library of Medicine, and the Network of the National Library of Medicine, Region 3. For more information, please visit us at www.nnlm.gov. All right, so we talked about this infamous research question. So what is it? You know, what is the research question? And I know that maybe sounds kind of like a strange question, but, um, you know, that could be really, it could be, you mentioned not too broad, not too narrow. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about... um, how we, what it is, and what what we're what the aim is of the research question. Um, yeah, it's a. Um, I would say a research question is a is a question. Okay. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. helpful for formulating. It's for formulating to answer a problem or issue uh, issue to the uh, the study's aim or the hypothesis or the conclusion. So they are really dynamic and redefinable and uh, refinable to answer the particular problem or the issue. So we don't need the ex- the complete topic, which is thousand words topic. We need to have addressed the main concepts, the major concepts of the of the topic, and we are addressing a research question uh, we are address we are trying to answer a question yeah. so um, so when we develop a research question it includes uh, the main concepts of the issues that we are addressing um, it's it has a greater influence in the met, uh, uh, in, in the methodology data collection analysis and conclusion of a systematic review process everything is starting from that question that is the uh, the foundation of the uh, the, the review so, um, so when conducting a systematic review, it should be either uh, it should specify the elements, uh, the main concepts of the uh, of the topic. So, it's uh, like I mentioned earlier, it's hard to to formulate the research question. You know, sometimes we miss something major aspects. It should have all the um, again, the, even though it's not in the PICA format, it should have all all major elements that we are trying to achieve through the systematic review or the objective of the systematic review. So that is the research question. It's kind of a question. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. But it is, it's a big part. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So let's say that I have a research topic in mind, something that I am passionate about and I want to understand how it impacts um, health. So how can I develop a research question that is formulated or based on a topic. So how, I know it's kind of backwards, but maybe that's how, maybe not. Maybe that's the way it is. You've come up with the topic and then drill it down. The main thing that I keep in mind is, like I mentioned just now, it should have all the major concepts of the research that you are trying to achieve. So the systematic review research question should be focused uh, on, uh, and it should be very well-built uh, well-built research question um, again. It shouldn't be too narrow. It shouldn't be too, too broad. Um, so, creating a research question can be is is a really a task and a tricky process. I have done multiple, multiple times, rephrasing, redefining, um, discussing again and again, and 
would it would this be fine with uh, with with the project and conducting the researches so um, again um, it ha- we have to be identif- we have to identify the key concepts um, the scope and objective of the question um, um, like i just we just you asked Margie, about the PICO question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the popular mnemonic for framing the uh, research question is the PICO format. So we have to ask that, what is the population? What problem? Or the what is the patient characteristic? That is the P of the part. So in that way, we can design that question. It's, it's, it's kind of a uh, one uh, full-page document that I assign PICO, and I put different uh, concepts in the P part, and the I part, C part, and the comparison and the outcome part, sometimes they do not have an outcome. They just uh, address the question. Um, so we have to, we can put m- the major concepts or the related concepts, similar concepts in the intervention. What kind of intervention, you know, the, the pharmacological intervention, or is there a specific um, drug that you're using in that pharmacological information? So we can put that, and I have always three three columns, and then I discuss with the people which one is, is which which of this list you would like to to have in uh, when developing in the question. So they can decide this is what we are looking for. Then at the final part, I will de- develop that question, the PICO format, uh, and if there is an outcome, the, I will include that outcome as as well. Um, there are numerous question framework, numerous, I would say numerous, uh, depending the topic. So uh, one important um, a mnemonic or the formula is SPIDER, which is a formula specifically used for qualitative research uh, questions uh, in non-healthcare field. Um, so, um, so it's a sample, S stands for the sample, P for the phenomena, and D design and E evaluation and other research types. Uh, among, um, along with this, uh, so many um, formulas or the mnemonics question formula. There is PEO, SPICE, Eclipse. There are so many. So <laughs> I'm not going into every detail. So that's how we develop that research question. And uh, uh, again, it is the first and. Uh, um, first task in conducting, planning the systematic review. Yeah, I think yeah. I can see why that's the most di- one of the most difficult parts of this. So yeah. uh, we talked about narrowing the question down before we begin. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit about why that's so important? Yeah, um, again, um, it, it's, it should be a narrowed, well-built question. Um, the and that's the foundation of the systematic review and are intended to summarize the literature to address the specific question. Um, it helps uh, uh, the researchers to narrow down their focus of the specific uh, issue of all the area of the interest. Um, it, it it actually provides direction and structure and the whole systematic review purpose and I think again I'm repeating the same thing uh, the, the it's it's what, with the systematic we are attempting to uh, to collate all the empirical evidence and that fits the pre-specified eligibility criteria in order to add uh, answer a specific question so um, 
for example, um, when we are developing the P, like I just mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. is kind of we can ask what are the uh, what are the population is that for example, uh, is uh, if we are researching about asthma in children, uh, what is the characteristics of uh, asthmatic children at a preschool or you know like the uh, uh, in any other characteristics that we can assign to that P element. And then the uh, outcome of interest, what are the outcome of interest, uh, we can check in the outcome part. And then um, it, we can, we, with this question, we can provide so much of clarity and scope and purpose of the review. Um, and again, uh, I, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we can only conduct systemat uh, systematic review literature search uh, only after defining these um, question and its major elements. Uh, and, and then it will also help us to define the inclusion-exclusion criteria of the study. So, um, no, yeah. I yeah, I think that's really helpful. I I'm especially um, interested in the, the population of interest aspect of that because that, that in and of itself helps to narrow down, you know, what what we're, what the, the point of the review is and, and who the population we're studying. And, and as I've looked through the literature and stumbled upon systematic reviews, it's populations are all over. I mean, like the, the populations that are studied are, uh, they're very, it's varied and it's, it, and it's really fascinating, you know, and then that like specifics of what people study about a particular population. So... Good to know. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, the next question is, when analyzing a systematic review, um, how do we identify the specific research question that's being addressed? So if I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, well, what is what is the what is this what is this uh, addressing? Like what what problem is, is aimed to be um, discovered or uh, researched? How, how am I going to find that out? Where is that located? Um, it's that I think there is no an easy, uh, easy filtering out way, you know, easy way to filter out the the question only. So typically, the introductory part uh, uh, will address the question, and also in the methods section, I have seen uh, the research question stated. So I think we can identify the research question um, in, in either of these areas, in the introductory background part. Um, and and, and uh, in most cases, systematic reviews are in the structured abstract format. So ideally, I would say you will, we, we will need to scan this <laughs> uh, to see what question are they uh, addressing in the systematic review. So... Um, I think, yeah, that is the way that we can figure out where is the question and um, question is in, in, the, in the body of that article. So it could be either in the methodology part or in the introductory part. So how does the research question differ from um, a systematic review uh, versus other types of reviews? So, for instance, a research question and a scoping review. Yes, Margie. Um, the research question itself can give us a clue that what kind of review it is. So uh, the research question for a scoping review is often broad in nature and is based on the 
uh, it is also based on the specific objective of the review. So um, uh, research question of a systematic review is typically specific and uh, not typically is actually uh, is really specific and a well-defined question like I mentioned multiple times earlier. Um, so but the narrative review is often broader and more exploratory. That's that's looking at the question we can uh, actually tell us this is this could be more of a narrative review. It guides the reviewers focus as a general aspect of uh, research rather than the specific question. Um, the in, in the scoping review a research question is broader and that of a systematic compared to a systematic review but more focused uh, than in a literature review. That is the three part it has. It has the differences. It aims to explore uh, the extent of range of existing literature on a specific topic. A scoping review is about describing the literature rather than extracting the study results and data. So that is something that we can uh, we can um, separate or uh, differentiate from the research question of a scoping review compared to the other type of review uh, reviews. In comparison to the PICO format question of systematic reviews, scoping reviews uh, question could be typically developed in the PCC format, which is the population um, characteristics of the population of the patient and see the concept, the main concept of the scoping review. And uh, the, C, the, the next C is the context. Uh, it is uh, kind of typically could be the objective of the scoping review. So. Um, so the research question, um, I mean, the scope of the research question itself can make uh, uh, the difference differences in the differentiate between the types of reviews. Um, for example, um, if you if you have a question like, what is the effect of budesonide versus singular treatment in asthmatic children? It could be a, a typical question for systematic review. Whereas the scoping review question of the same concept would be what interventions have been available for treating asthma in children or preschool children. So that is how we can differentiate between the, the research questions of different types of reviews. Nice. Does that answer, Margie? Oh, yeah, it does. So okay. basically we have a more broad question, more uh, specific question. Um, so, yes, I think that that's pretty clear. Thank you so okay. much. So, all right. Moving along to the next question, um, when do you share the full search strategy with the team? And I don't know, and, and maybe and you might talk a little bit about how you develop a search strategy and is the entire team involved? So, uh, because there has to be some thought process behind yeah. the search strategy. Uh -huh. Have you ever had someone really believe in you, cheer you on from the sidelines, brag about your hard work, open doors to new opportunities and fresh experiences? At NNLM Region 3, we believe in the incredible value offered by the next generation of library school students and information professionals. We invest in professional development, presentation opportunities, and projects that support the unique ideas these folks bring to the table. Want to learn more about our student and early career opportunities? Send us an email today. NNLM Region 3 at unthsc.edu. 
I'm Bailey Sterling from NNLM Region 3, and I believe in you. Now, back to the show. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, um, there is no guideline for this, when to, the, when to share. So, I... Um, Initially, when I have the first reference interview and I figure out, uh, I formulate the question, I, I conduct a sample search uh, for myself. <laughs> and then um, I redefine the search. And then after that, um, I contact the, the team and share the search strategy. I educate them what are the judgment that I made with each steps, you know, each string. Why did I do that? Why did I include mesh terms? Did I include keywords? Um, did I use other functionalities of the uh, database search searches? So once I, once they are, once I convince the team about my search strategy, you know, why did I develop the search in that way? So. If they are convinced with that, um, I will move on. Um, I usually keep it, uh, I marinate a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the next time, I, 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 <laughs> sometimes I get, oh, why would I do use that? I have to change that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I like the word marinate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. For no reason. Um, they, I might be getting emails, say, hey, can you share the search strategy? I was, it's ready, but it's marinating. <laughs> So, <laughs> I like that. So um, then uh, I always figure out something, you know, this, and I'm talking about the first initial search strategy. Okay. So and then I meet with them and uh, I used to ask them a couple of exemplar articles that um, they have when they are thinking about the um, systematic review. I always check whether my search strategy has included that exemplar article. If I get that, I will be happy. If not, I will ex I will explore why I didn't get that search strategy. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I will fix all these little little fixes, and then um, then I contact the uh, people, the research team, and not everybody is interested to know all about the, the search strategies. You know, sometimes it's hard to hard them to understand the search syntax, uh, mm -hmm. what the asterisks mean, what the dollar sign means. So it's, uh, but I explain them each and every line. I have annotations. If you're searching in Ovid Medline, I can, I create annotations and I color code them, why I ended that, why I owed uh, those search. So I explain them and, uh, once we all are good, good to go, I, I share them the initial, I call it as pilot search strategy. I also peer review the search strategy, finally, um, not the pilot search strategy. I always discuss with my colleagues, you know, explore more about certain aspects, and then, um, then I search that um, pilot search, sorry, I, I share the pilot search strategy with the people um, because we need the initial pilot search strat strategy to to register the protocol. 
So we can uh, we can put all the search strategy, but I share the complete search strategy when they are writing the manuscript and about oh. to publish. But initially, I used to share the entire search strategy, but I don't do that anymore. They only need the initial search strategy, and then I have to the the translation is okay. I I I will use the press review guideline. Um, to review, so I will. My search strategy will be peer reviewed. Uh, my colleagues um, outside KUMC or the colleagues in here. So uh, I will only share my final search strategy uh, after the peer reviewing process when they are about to publish. So usually that goes as an appendix, or sometimes some publishers doesn't need that. Some oh, publishers, wow. yeah, they only ask. Uh, they only do one one database strategy in the. So um, this is kind of just a, I think about the, the the people or the team members involved, and I'm sure there are researchers out there that may want to include a student in the research process. So, you know, okay. how how you know is so if you have a student that wants to conduct a systematic review or or they want to involve a student in a team. But they don't have sufficient experience in literature searching. You know, is this something that you can teach? Because I know, you know, searching is is really could be quite difficult. So, um, you know, comprehensive searching in a systematic review probably requires some sort of skill set that's not exactly teachable in a, like an hour, <laughs> I would imagine. So, yeah, uh, very interesting and difficult question. <laughs> Well, you know, I know yeah. we want to involve, I know we want to, oftentimes they want to involve a student work, you know, a person that's, you know, in, how, do, how would you put it, a, a, you know, a research fellow or something like that. But if they don't have searching skills, how do, how do you, how do you address that? What yeah, it's a, it's a, um, how would I address this? It's, I'm always suspicious about my search strategy. So. Uh, I think no people can search in the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's kind unique. of a search yeah. judgment call. And I think we can teach some of the um, database functionality in an hour to a student. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that we wanted to know initially, how database functions. Um, so what are the syntax? Um, um, what, what's the scope of certain databases, resources, etc.? That we can teach, but constructing a search strategy on a on a hypothesis or a real formulated question um, is hard to teach someone. We can explain why, like I explain um, to the people, the research team. This is how I did. I can only say how I did. How I? Why did I order this? Why did I use this particular? term in this um, search string. Why didn't why didn't I measure my mesh term? Why did I why didn't I explode my mesh mesh term in this part? So it's uh, each string is each string and each building blocks are based on judgment call. So we are trying to answer certain research questions. So um, I think uh, it need a little bit of experience per se and the expertise, the knowledge base of how we can develop that.
MedPix is a free, open access online database of medical images, teaching cases, and clinical topics. This resource includes over 12,000 patient case scenarios, 9,000 topics, and nearly 59,000 images. Students and practitioners can use the case studies as practice, and physicians may earn continuing medical education credit. Real search strategy and the word that I'm, I'm using the word real intentionally because it's a real project. It's a real question. We are contributing to a, to a patient care decision making. So we have we need to be very careful. Absolutely. So the student, yeah. anybody can do a search for a systematic review. There is no guidelines, I believe. But in my ex observation, I would say that people need to have uh, um, the knowledge base and some experience. Um, so it's, it's a gradually building um, skill, I believe. You know, when we, when we address when we search for student questions, we are not only searching for systematic reviews. We have so many, so many research questions. So when we conduct this, the, the searches for that uh, student question under so many topics, so many dis explore so many disease things, you know, we, we have to explore both background and foreground question. If you are searching for asthma, I have to, I have to take up. Uh, the background information about asthma. I have to read textbook. I have to have expert opinions. You know, I have to research a lot, yeah. and that, and it's time consuming, and uh, and it take a while. So yeah. I can under, I can see that. I I think it basically what yeah. you just said explains it to me better because you talked about the the the, the uh, what did you say the pre-ground or the, the ground? The background and the, the background, foreground The foreground and the back, yeah. yeah, those questions, because yes, yeah. asthma is a big subject, uh -huh. and what are some of the things that um, influence that? Yeah. So I, I, I do see that. So it's more of a, yeah, I can see that it's, you have to build on your expertise on a topic and to d be able to dive into the topic, not just the, the, the technique of searching. You know, exactly. I've, I've taught... <laughs> How to use PubMed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, exactly. So that's like putting terms in, but mm -hmm. but it's it's the background knowledge of what are the terms that you use to conduct the search. Mm -hmm. It's not the the mechanics of it. Yeah. It's the, the the thought process of it. So yeah, I can yeah. So then we need to guide our research team um, to em employ seasoned librarians that can uh, research mm -hmm. that conduct the research for them. <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> So, Prasanna, we've talked a lot about searching, but I think people may wonder, when do you know when to stop? Um, yes, Margie. Um, the searches for systematic reviews are comprehensive and exhaustive. It's so much of time consuming, and um, we can tell when we wanted to stop instead of um, we we have to search in the, in the most... Um, most uh, da uh, important databases that that's the that's the most important thing you know we have to make sure we have um, relevant information retrieved and um, in addition to the traditional bibliog uh, bi bibliography database search uh, additional search includes gray literature and the and hand searching um, so those are we can say when we wanted to stop searching. Um, so 
Well, we have to do the cited references. If you pull up, but after analyzing the results, set, and um, we can pull up a couple of um, good results, good citation, and then we can go further explore, uh, like an author search. We can we can conduct author search and and uh, test if there is anything else that we have to pull out. Sometimes in the gray literature, we have to. Uh, we have to search in the organizational website and all other the gray literature sources. So the searching um, should be definitely include multiple resources, including gray literature, cited references search, and author, author search. And sometimes we need to ask the experts, figure out the experts and ask them if there is something available. from. So you mentioned the need to search one database at a time. Do you also search discovery tools to catch anything that did not show up in the databases you searched? Um, I think uh, in my observation, searching one database at a time improves the uh, quality of the search, or I would say um, retrieval and reliability of the search. So if you search one database at a t time with a keyword, we can we can browse through the retrieval and see how authors are interpreting uh, the key they are providing the keywords and explore uh, the mesh terms uh, that's how that's why i am more um, interested in searching one database at a time some people um, search multiple databases at a time um, i know it's not wrong um, but if it is in the same platform, the keyword search with, for example, if you're uh, searching EBSCO, we can search CINAHL and uh, Academic Search Premier with keywords and text words um, simultaneously. That is okay, but there is uh, there is something in between that you know, we need to explore the results. I explore results of each search search terms and I, uh, so when skimming through the abstract, we'll get more idea of how, about the retrieval and how the retrieval is happening. So my preference is searching one database at a time and then also exploring the mesh terms and uh, exploring the broader terms, narrower terms, related terms. So that's why I am more um, inclining to the searching one database at a time. Of course, there are some um, tools that uh, we can search multiple, multiple database at a time and do the search more easier. I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I still old fashioned and I developed the search. And um, um, if uh, searched in a federated search engine or discovery tools also uh, we will need to document that strategy as well. That's more important. So that's the key that systematic reviews should be transparent and uh, documenting that search strategy is important. So there's nothing wrong uh, in searching multiple database, but yeah, there is some, some benefit uh, that we can get searching one database at a time with one concept at a time.
Perfect. Well, thank you. So here I have done my searches and I have 300,000 results to upload. So how would I handle bulk references? <laughs> Maybe that's an exaggeration, but it may not be. Well, no, no. That's a real question, Maggie. Yeah. It's a real question. <laughs> I got I got in my personal email after the session. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. so, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that then. Yeah. So um, the thing is that we cannot upload a huge, you know, bulk upload is always problem from um, to EndNote, bulk export. Um, the in in the only thing, the only workaround with, with that is we need to go through page, page wise page, you know, we have to select I think in PubMed, we can only upload 10,000 at a time. Mm -hmm. So we have to multiply it by page number by 10,000 and then switch to, it's, it's a pain. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other databases are uh, much better than PubMed exporting. So um, for example, Embase, Embase and Ovid Medline has, we can select uh, maybe uh, so, so much of so-and-so so citation numbers and uh, exports So that's the only uh, work around on that and that's what I answered this person when asked for 3,000 citation how we can fix that yeah it's a real question <laughs> and real situation okay, well, very good <laughs> thank you for listening Health Bites podcast was produced by the network of the National Library of Medicine Region 3 this podcast is eligible for one CE from the Medical Library Association Visit the link in the episode description to claim your MLACE.